guys. Welcome to the album collection. This episode, we're going all the way back to September of 1994 to talk about Toby Keith's sophomore album called Boomtown. Emily? Hi, guys. Hey. Hey. Hey there. Yeah, so this album came out and I was like seven months old, so that's kind of crazy. But it's a good album. And I like that it's called Boomtown. I just like that that's the title he went with. Yeah, there's, uh, I mean, Toby Keith, his story, you know, I believe it's Oklahoma he grew up in. uh, And for the longest time, he he wasn't doing music. I don't think he really started doing music until his... I think he might have been 32, either when this album came out or his debut. So he... He was working odd jobs. He was he was in the oil fields and things like that. So, um, but yeah, you mentioned uh, Boomtown. I think that's an appropriate title because it it's kind of the soundtrack to his life at that time, and probably a lot of friends and family that he knew at that time. They're kind of soundtrack. Yeah, I just don't think like any of the other tracks, like any of those titles, would have made a good album title. Right. There's something about Boomtown. Like, oh, did you check out his album Boomtown? Right. It's it's cool. Yes. Uh, So this album came after uh, his debut album, which was self-titled and had smash hits like Should Have Been a Cowboy and a little less talk and a lot more action. So he came out with a debut album, crushed it, and... As good as that is, I think the hardest part sometimes of being an artist is sustaining that and having a good sophomore album uh, to follow it up with so you don't fall, fall into this sophomore slump, so to speak. And Boomtown ended up being certified platinum. So I would say it was a success. Yeah, so when I like first went to listen to this, I was on Spotify and I was scrolling through all his albums and I came to Boomtown. It was the first one listed and I'm like, oh, his first ever album, that's cool. And then I was kind of like looking at the tracks and figure out like who wrote the songs. And then it said it was his sophomore album. And I'm like, well, what the heck? Do they not put his first album on Spotify? But when he, the 25th anniversary of his title or his self-titled album they renamed it to should have been a cowboy yes so it's like at the top of his like 2018 is when it got released um so that confused me for a second but yeah when it comes to like a sophomore slump he had i think big shoes to fill with his first album which it feels like i don't know if it's just like nostalgic on our half but it seems like an artist's first album is always so good and so hard to live up to. Uh, like we just talked about Air Church's, you know, freshman album last week. Kind of same thing here. Like, Toby's first album, very first song on the album, should have been a cowboy. Right. It was the most played song of the 90s. So, like, yeah, I, think I don't know how you follow that up, but I think on Boomtown, like, all the songs that became singles, except for one, really worked out in his favor and were good good, solid Toby Keith songs that kind of solidified who he was or who he wanted to be as an artist. Yeah, you make a good point. You, you talked about Air Church, which we talked about last podcast. And, 
you know, when these these new artists come out with their debut albums, and if they're well received and you know get a lot of attention, I think oftentimes it's because they're new and they might have a new element or a new sound to them. So it works for them. But then there's always that industry pressure of, you know, do you start writing songs to appease the label heads, appease the marketing team to become, you know, something that's, you know, something that's more cooked up in a, in a laboratory or factory. But with, with Toby Keith, he never similar to Eric church. He's never been that type to, really yeah. follow any sort of standards. Uh, right. and I, and I do think you were probably wondering like, why the heck did I choose this album? Uh, out of, yeah. out of all I'm like, of them. What the heck? Is this actually an album name? <clears throat> yeah. And it, honestly, for me, it was, I, I was scrolling. I'm like, let's do a Toby Keith and looking at his discography, you know, he had some, he, not some, he, these albums, his early albums were successful. But when you talk about, peak Toby Keith that's the early 2000s is when he rolled off number one after number one uh so I just I think it's interesting to kind of go back and look at some of these first albums of certain artists and try to get a sense of who they were and how their sound evolved into you know maybe into their their prime but uh yeah and I and I intentionally didn't want to do the debut I'm like let's i I knew a couple of the, the singles, obviously, but I'm like, let's let's dig in, uh, let's dig in further and see once you know if this album's all that it's supposed to be. Right, and it seems like a, a very like a, it's a '90s. It sounds very '90s, like instrumentation and everything. I just don't know if it's something that he would have put out like in his heyday in the early 2000s. It's kind of one of those albums where it's like, uh, you know, who's that man? Yeah, you know it as a Toby Keith song, but would he have still sang it like six, seven years later? Right, and I mean, just the the sound of country music continued to evolve. Where, yeah, the the stuff he was putting on in the early two thousands, if he puts that out ten years prior, I, I mean, that's it. Probably would have been uh, definitely controversial if, if they weren't in the first place. Right. Uh, so yeah, it's it's. It's. I think it, it does a good job of showing us who early Toby Keith was, and you know, there's, there's. I, I think I think a lot of people when they think of Toby Keith, rightly or wrongly, they they kind of think of him as you know, creating these funny music videos, which are killer, and which we're gonna have to do on one of the podcasts yeah. on Video Vault sometime. <laughs> uh, you know, kind of these humorous and unapologetic. But you look at some of these early albums, or you even look at some of the the singles that or songs that didn't get cut or released for uh, radio singles, and it's like, no, this is a really good country singer and a really good country songwriter. Who there's there's a lot of depth to these songs. They're not cheap, you know, right. produced songs. Yeah. Like there's they're great. Like that's the thing. Right. Yeah. He can, he can be that, uh, rough and rowdy, uh, troublemaker. Um, and then he can sing a ballad, ballad like no other. He can really tap into the, uh, emotional or vulnerable side that maybe people wouldn't expect of him, but it's kind of his strong suit. I mm-hmm. think. Totally agree. Uh, so 
looking at the songwriters and producers. So obviously we're going back to 1994. And honestly, when I looked at the list, I didn't recognize a single name. I don't know about you. Well, I recognize Toby Heath's name. Right. He wrote a lot. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, oh, there's one, I don't know why the name sounds familiar, but Carl Goff Jr., he um, I, he wrote a few of them, but the one that sticks out is You Ain't Much Fun. I don't know why that name sounds familiar. I, I don't know where I would have heard that, or I, I, I can, don't know. I can probably tell you. Um, yeah. So Carl Goff Jr. was... He was one of Toby Heath's best friends, uh, longtime bassist, and he wrote a few songs uh, with Toby, but he tragically passed away in a car accident in 2013. So uh, oh. I'm guessing probably that, I mean, it's a while, a while ago, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think Carl was someone that was close with Toby Keith as he was playing these honky tonks and bars in Oklahoma all the way to, to Nashville. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Another, okay. uh, a couple other notable or songwriters with notable cuts, uh, Wayne, Wayne Perry. Uh, he has a couple cuts, uh, not a moment too soon by Tim McGraw. He also wrote and, uh, Lori Morgan's what part of no. And then we have Tony, Hasselden and Tim Menzi. Uh, they were co-writers on Shenandoah's Mama Knows. So, um, yeah, there's, it's a, you could, and I think there's definitely a generational thing where nowadays people know who the songwriters are and, uh, there's just that, there's a lot more cross promotional of the songwriters and I think artists giving the songwriters credit too. So, Right, because there's a platform where they can do that. They can say, guys, check out my song. This person wrote it with me or just wrote it on their own. Go give them praise, too. Because I think I was just surprised at how many songs Toby Keith wrote on. I just don't think of him as a songwriter. songwriter. But then I think of songs that he's done later in his career were like um, like Made in America or... um, What's his big one? You know, the, the one that he wrote right after September 11th. Oh, uh, Courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue? Yeah. And I can feel like that comes across as him. Like, I can see him sitting down being, like, angry and just wanting to get it out. But songs like, I don't know, like, songs on his album, I just went to figure sound like him. And I know that right. sounds bad and weird, but it, it is. I guess he, he has that knack for wanting to have an outlet for his creativity. Yeah. He's, I, I don't want to say he's like a misunderstood artist. Cause I don't, I mean, I, I think you nailed it. He's kind of this gruff, unapologetic and he's going to do it his own way. But there's, I think there's a, there's another couple different sides of him that, uh, people just forgot about, uh, or just aren't aware that yeah. it's, it's there. Um, uh, the only other notable name here, uh, so Nelson Larkin, he was a songwriter on a couple and ended up being the producer. Uh, he actually ended up producing Toby Keith's first three albums, say it worked out well. Uh, he also worked with Tracy Lawrence and uh, discovered John Michael Montgomery. So uh, I think he's doing pretty well. Probably just fine. Yeah. Uh, so 
album reviews. Uh, did a little digging. It was a little hard to find, but I did find one when it comes to this uh, this album, Boomtown. And mm-hmm. so, mind you, we're we're in 2020. We're going back 26 years, right? And what I read you, I think there's there, there's some lines in there that jump out, and you're like, interesting, because it's it's kind of the same conversation we have nowadays with the sound of music. So, uh. It was on All Music uh, Review. So it goes with a disclaimer stating that he only had a year to write the songs for a sophomore album while he had a lifetime to write those for his first. Toby Keith introduces us to his second effort, Boomtown. Not to worry, he pulls off a successful follow-up to his hit-heavy debut. His songwriting has matured, and his vocals still stand out as one of the predominant male voices of contemporary country. Keith straddles the wall between traditional and pop, and he maintains a steady balance. Opening with his number one song, Who's That Man?, Keith immediately packs a traditional country wallop. His songs tell stories about everyday life and working-class people and the serious issues they face like divorce, adultery, teenage angst, aging, love, and life in an oil boomtown. But Keith does occasionally detour the heady issues and lightens the mood with songs like You Ain't Much Fun and his rocking tribute to the female truck driver's big old truck. Being a former oil man himself, Keith's boomtown saga gives gives the roughneck tale a stamp of authenticity. Toby Keith need not worry about running out of ideas, if he can create Boomtown in a year, he has a bright future. <laughs> I missed, I should listen to the album again. Where was the pop? Uh, I don't think, I don't think they mentioned a pop song. Um, but didn't he say like between traditional and contemporary country or pop country? Yeah. Uh, so I, mind you, this is written 26 years ago, but even at this time, Toby Keith was viewed as someone who, straddled the traditional pop which is is funny because obviously looking back you're like what that that wasn't like that's 90s country that's toby keith that's why why is sam hunt in florida georgia line putting out music that doesn't sound anything like that like oh i miss the good old days and it's like i'm sure there are plenty of people listening to some of these songs maybe that said this isn't merle this isn't hank like I don't know. It's yeah. I, I just I found that line uh, particularly interesting, um, but yeah, he's he, he's it's nineties country. <laughs> oh my god! I wonder if this like critic just like combusted after like his albums with Big Dog Daddy or uh, <laughs> Shot like Unleashed. Oh, I love Unleashed. Pull my chain. That kind of, he must just be he must have retired. Just quit the game after that. Yeah. If he if he if if there were complaints about uh, being a little too pop on this album, boy, were they in were they in store right. for something? Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's talk about the singles. So, there were four songs yeah. that were released to radio. I have some thoughts on it, and I know you have some thoughts on it as well. Uh, so, I'll run down the list, and then you tell me which ones you, you think uh, should have been. Uh, or, or rather, which ones uh, you wish would have been replaced? So, uh, yeah. 
He starts off with Who's That Man? Went to number one. Upstairs Downtown went to number 10. You Ain't Much Fun, parentheses, since I quit drinking, went to number two. And Big Old Truck went to number 15. So two, a number one, a number two, a top 10, and a top 15. So, I, I mean, from that standpoint, just raw numbers alone, that's a pretty good sophomore album. Yeah. Big Old Truck was his first single, though, to not crack the top 10. Oh, you're right. Yep. So there is that. Um, I read somewhere that he wanted the second single to be, or, wait, now I'm confused. Okay, he wanted the second single to be You Ain't Much Fun Since I Quit Drinking. Um, But it said they went with Upstairs Downtown, and Toby, like, didn't want it. Um, He thought that You Ain't Much Fun would perform better. And he was right. He was right. <laughs> yes. So do you do you like upstairs downtown? Not really. I don't like the ending. So yeah. if I remember correctly. It's probably I, the story of my life right now. I'm just so glad that you said that, not me. Um <laughs> But yeah, I hate the ending where like this girl goes off on her own, leaves everyone behind, and then first of all, the fact that she works at a grocery store, whatever, and then she like comes home because she up, doesn't hold make up, hold it up, hold up. at a grocery store. You worked at a grocery store. Yes, but I didn't leave like home to go work in a grocery store. All right, fair, fair, fair. Continue. So then she comes back home, and so it's like. Did she have another dream? Was the grocery store just uh, a step on the ladder? And if so, like, what happened? Like, I needed more information. And I just really pissed me off that she had to come home and, like, prove everyone right that she didn't make it out there. Like, you don't hear songs like that anymore. People always make it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a bummer. Like, it, 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 really, yeah. it really is because... Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, I don't. I mean, maybe she wanted to be the best girl sweet clerk, you know, a certain side of the Mississippi. But part of me thinks it was her just wanting to spread her wings and try something new and see if she can make it. And I mean, I guess, yeah, did, but uh, probably ended too soon. And yeah, it just, it's, it's this, I can't think of a. a, Calling it haunting, like that, that makes it too deep and scary or whatever. But there's just like a, a, just there's a tone and a, just a vibe to it that I don't know. Like, yeah, you listen to it through. And if you listen to it again, like, you know what's going to happen. And it just, it's depressing right from the start because you know. Right, right. Because it starts off kind of like, yeah, go chase your dreams, girl. And I'm sure, like, okay. A lot of people leave home and, like, go chase their dreams. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But I just don't make a song about it. <laughs> yeah, but it's – but it, it in his defense, it, it's a real story. Like, it happens. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but it's – it's it was, a, it was a bummer. And for – I just don't know. It, I mean, yeah, it reached 10 on the charts. I just don't think it's – when you look at the rest of the album, I don't know if I would have put it out as a single. I really don't. Right. Like, oh, I would not have. 
I don't know if it was if it was them trying to show a even deeper side of him. I, I don't I don't know. I would love to know at the end of the day who made the decision and why. Like it, they must have felt so passionately about it. I, yeah, it that's that yeah. that one doesn't make sense to me. No, not at all. Uh, so I, I definitely would have replaced that one big old truck. I'm not, I don't love it. I get it as a radio single, but part of me thinks I would have, I would have replaced that one too. Yeah, it was, it's kind of one of those songs where it, it doesn't go far enough in either direction. Right. Like, I feel like if early 2000s Toby would have taken it, he would have taken it, spun it on its head, and it would have been this fantastic, funny song. It doesn't quite get there. Right. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, I could have done it without it. Yeah, it's not, it's not a, like a stays in Mexico or... Right, um, you know that side or like whiskey girl. Like there was, there's not. Yeah, he, he might have been trying to play the play the middle too much as far as which way yeah. is he swinging. Uh, Agreed. So I guess we're not fans of two of the singles. Um, when it comes to hidden gem, were there any hidden gems on here that you listened to, and either you thought, hey, this. Sh- this should have been on radio or even just like, wow, this is a really good deep cut that, yeah, it might never have seen the light of day on radio, but people need to listen to it. Yeah. There's two songs that kind of stuck out to me. Um, no honor among thieves. I thought that was very much like I felt it as a Toby Keith song and like no one else could sing it kind of song. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that one. And then listening to, um, Oh, I guess there was three, but these two, most of all, um, in other words, that song, um, I thought I was listening to Randy Travis and it felt like a real, like deep, authentic country with the steel guitar. Um, it was more like more substance, more going on than a woman behind the man, which I think is like the most boring song Uh-oh. on the album. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> this always happens. I open my mouth and my foot goes in. Um, but that one, and then the other one that kind of caught my ear, life was a play. The world is a stage. That one was really good. But again, I think they could have taken it further, gone a little more like rock and roll with it. I felt like it never just reached that peak where, went off the rails and kind of became this like I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say but it just didn't go far enough I think yeah is it it's something where yeah you might have got the sense that it, it didn't come across as like as as authentic as authentic wow struggling uh, or that you know Toby believed in it and like really you know right. put you know all his effort and creativity behind it I, that, I think yeah. that that might be uh, oh wait. So <laughs> you mentioned uh woman behind the man. Yes. I so I, why it's I I, <laughs> I think it's it, it's it's the second it's the second one I have listed as far as hidden gems. I think okay. it's so you, you called it boring and I would I would flip it and sure you might think it's boring, but I, I would flip it the other way and say, it's like, 
uh, a very simple uh, to the point kind of song. Uh, it, it doesn't have like a lot of bells and whistles. And I think it's just, uh, and I'm not going to, this is a terrible comparison, but like Luke Combs is beautiful. Crazy. It's just like, that uh, is a terrible comparison. No, right. But it's, uh, you know, beautiful. Crazy is a simple idea and it's written slightly different, but that's, that was kind of the vibes, you know, I got here. I don't know. The, the one that I really want to defend and it, it stands out, it stands out from the title and yep, uh, there it is. I knew it. I knew it. Was, was that one you had too or no? No, I, I literally took notes next to the song titles and I didn't put anything next to the song title cause I figured you would just talk about it. <laughs> you, you knew I would. I just had a feeling. Yeah. So the, I think it's the third track. Um, mm-hmm. The third track is called Victoria's Secret. And no, it's not about lingerie. Technically. Uh, no, it's... it's, it's <laughs> Just the models that wear the lingerie. Right. Um, so it, it tells the story of a girl named Victoria. She's married, has kids, is in the house all day, and uh, her marriage isn't great. Uh, probably... You know, we talk about uh, Reba McIntyre's Is There Life Out There? And this, I think this song kind of goes almost hand in hand with that with that song where, you know, she's kind of sitting there saying, you know, what, you know, she feels lonely and everything. I, I don't know. It's, I don't necessarily think it would have been uh, a radio hit. It, it might have caused, uh, gotten a lot of attention just off the song title and everything. But I think it's. I think it's really well written and it's a good ballad. Um, the, I think it's the one potentially error I see is it's maybe they, they did it intentionally. It's kind of intentionally vague as far as, you know, she, she goes to the, she goes to the motel and it's like, there's three or four different story angles you could have here is like, is she having an affair with one guy? Is she, uh, an escort is, you know, and who's who's the other guy? Is the other guy the guy she's having an affair with? Is the other guy the person at the front desk? So, and maybe that was left intentionally vague, but I think yeah, I would just if you're listening to this podcast, just I would just check it out. It's 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 a different type of Toby Keith song, but in a in yeah. a weird roundabout way, I liked it, and I think I, just the sound of it too. There's something about it. Yeah, I feel like I don't know. They picked that title on purpose. Like, I feel like they picked that name to garner attention, which, like, I can't hate that, right? You got to play the game, and that's whatever you got to do. To I mean, they were, they were probably sitting around one day like, ah, what should we write about? And someone's like, oh, I, there's probably, I don't know, they, saw, <laughs> they probably saw, like, a Victoria's Secret commercial or something in the catalog back then. I don't know. But I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that's probably how it started. I I'd love to know, but that that would be my guess. Maybe one of them actually knew someone in Victoria and knew that she had this big secret. That's definitely possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that like a forty nine percent chance. Oh, it's higher than I expected. Um, <laughs> speaking of like like where songs come from, when I was talking about Carl Goff Jr., he he co wrote. You ain't much fun. I don't know if you like read the backstory on that one, 
No. Like, it was inspired like by his wife. Apparently, <laughs> she got sick of him like maybe partying or just drinking, so he just like stopped. And then he just got really like tired of having to do stuff around the house. And then she made a comment. And the words came out of his mouth. Well, honey, you just haven't been much fun since I've quit drinking. And they turned it into a song. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, did I wonder? I wonder if they if they were still married uh, at the time of uh, his passing. I don't know. I hope so, because man, that song probably got him a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it probably brought brought her a house and a, another couple diamonds. Maybe who knows? That's, right. Uh, yeah. That's that's a great that's a great story. Damn. Yeah, I like that. Just, it makes you wonder, like, if everyone had the, the the ability to write a song and write a good song, how many stories would be out there from just like grumbling to your buddies about like your significant other or your kids or whatever? Like, Honestly, it's probably a good thing not everyone can create a song off one liners. I think going forward, I'm just gonna keep like a. a a notes document on my phone. Anytime I hear someone say a line that I'm like, huh, could that be a song? I'm just going to put it in my phone. <laughs> and then I'll, and then what? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll sell like 10 lines for 10 bucks to a songwriter. I don't know. Oh, wow. Uh, all right. I, I like it. Got to start somewhere. You uh, so if you were to play a matchmaker, uh, a la Mr. Hitch, you mentioned some of the songs that you liked uh, as potentially replacements for radio singles. Um, but instead of those being Toby Keith singles, are there are there any songs in here that you heard and thought, wow, this would be perfect for so-and-so? Um, uh, I feel like a Jason Aldean could do a few of these. Yep. You could do Boomtown. You did Hicktown. Let's just yeah, true. change the That's first true. word. Um, yeah, otherwise, so the two singles, like Who's That Man and You Ain't Much Fun, are very much like Toby Keith. That's, that's him. I don't yeah. really hear anyone else singing that. Um, but actually, I feel like Luke Holmes could do like uh, You Ain't Much Fun. I feel like he could mm-hmm. cover that one pretty well. I agree. But... Yeah, I was trying to think. Oh, I don't know. Who do you got? Always so ideas. I, I I stuck with the the two songs, the two hidden gems I liked, uh, <laughs> and the woman or woman behind the man. I I wrote down give it. I would give it to Blake or Aldine, and I mm-hmm. think with their sound and their production, I th- they would probably make it. Obviously, not sound like true '90s like this song is. I'd be interested in that. Uh, mm-hmm. But the the one artist I thought of, uh, both for Woman Behind the Man and Victoria's Secret, would be, and I was I was trying to think of who who could pull off like Toby Keith kind of stuff, and right. it, it's it's not a direct one to one, but the Lee Bryce's sound, uh, mm. something about his his powerful voice and the way he's able to. You know, just draw yeah. these emotions without, you know, some of his songs don't even have a ton of production on it. Um, right. And so, yeah, that one, uh, I thought he'd, he'd be good on Victoria's Secret, too. Uh, but I also thought, and I didn't come up with any ideas, but I also thought it'd be interesting from uh, the female's perspective to sing it. Uh, oh. And, you know, whether it's, 
you know, her singing about herself or um, maybe the other woman or kind of like Ashley McBride. She's the, the motel uh, clerk. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, Maybe maybe my problem was I watched those videos right before I did. <laughs> That's just where you were going. That's yeah. funny. Oh man. Even I think that Cody Johnson could yeah, probably ooh, cover Toby yeah. Keith's song pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, you get to those kind of yeah, it's it's not a The Texas boys, you know, the Texas Oklahoma, you know, I think it's I don't know what it is, but they can just I don't know. It's just a little bit different than those that come from like Nashville or South East. East. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm like, I don't, I don't think Luke Bryan jumped out to me, you know, no. TR. I mean, it's, and you never know if they put a different production around it and how it right. sounds, but uh, yeah. Well, all right. We'll, we'll do better on matchmaking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, come to the medal stand. No Olympics in 2020. So, um, yeah, that, that's a that's a bummer. Uh, when it comes to Boomtown, does this album, in your mind, make his top three? Does it make the podium? No. It's like one of those countries that only has, like, three Olympians in the whole thing. It's like... They have a bobsled team. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Jamaica. Well, Jamaica did well. So. We True. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like a tropical country in the winter sports. They might be really good for where they are, but it's not their fault. They just can't have snow and, and you know, cold temperatures to help them prepare. Right. That made no sense. Wow. Yeah. I think if you're drinking or smoking during this, listening to this, it might make sense. Wonderful. I'm doing neither. So uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. What do you rate it? What would you say? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think it makes a podium because I think for me, it like when I, when I, when we started off doing this podcast, you know, was, I'm like, let's, let's do a Toby Keith album. And I was scrolling through the discography and even on Spotify. And I'm like, I want to do something that doesn't jump out to me. And I think just naturally the fact that it didn't jump out to me, I knew right from the start, I'm like, this isn't going to be a top three album of his, uh, you know, I, I, there's lots of good songs on here, but it, it doesn't, it's, it's not the run he has from, you know, 2000 to 2008, 2009. Um, right. you know, it just doesn't have that, that punch. And, I think when you when you talk about Toby Keith and the songs and the music that defines him, I just don't think that these early ones are some of the first ones you might think of. Uh, obviously, should have been a cowboy for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, even you know who's that man? That's a great song. Like it's it's such a dark and it has like kind of some haunting music to it uh it's it's, it's really great it's a great produced song but it's right. it's not it's probably not one of the top 10 songs you think of when you think of toby keith so right exactly and yeah i know we're talking the full album here and we're not judging it on singles and radio success but um yeah i think that's that's the one thing it's it's not a it doesn't define him uh as far as like one of his best albums but 
I think it might have been one of his most important ones because it kept the ball rolling. Right. So true. Yeah, because it could have easily flopped and not have led to what was to come. So I think the 90s were kind of more like him figuring out what he wanted to be, uh, what kind of songs he wanted to cut. And I think it proves from like him saying, I don't want to release a song as a single, even though they did, that he kind of knew what he wanted and what he thought his fans wanted. Yeah, because I think uh, I think he the should have been a cowboy. I believe he had written that for a while. He had he had that in his back pocket for a long time, and then when that blew up, I mean, think about it. If if you had this idea for years and years, and it blows up and becomes this absolute smash, you're gonna yeah. say, okay, I think I know what I'm doing here. Like, trust right. me, I, I got a good mm-hmm. feel for it. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, any other final thoughts on the album as a whole? No, it was was fun to listen to it, actually, kind of. I don't know. Something I never even thought to go that far back with Toby Keith. So I liked it. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I I hope to enjoy most about doing this podcast is listen to songs you wouldn't have otherwise heard of, um, just taking a a listen or two to it. So, yeah, I think uh, he made the right choice. He or they made the right choice on two of the singles, and those two singles got credit to him. They they kept the ball rolling, got him a number one and a number two, and just paved the way for success the rest of the 90s, and uh, it turned him into this superstar he became in the 2000s. Um, And, you know, this... Woulda, coulda, shoulda. If this album flops, who knows? Um, I think that's one of the the woulda, coulda, shouldas, I guess, uh, or the the unknowns. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Luckily, we'll never have to know what would have been. Cause right. He made it. Made some better music. No, I wouldn't say better, but I don't know. Better yeah. music. <laughs> yeah. I, no. It, Fair statement. Uh, no, this is fun. Uh, Emily is going to pick the next album. Uh, make sure to leave us a review. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Check us out. Raysonitblog.com. Ton of cool stuff coming up. Uh, we're going to start doing this podcast thing on a more regular basis. You're going to expect that to come uh, weekly or every other week. Uh, tons of cool interviews and features coming out on the site in the next couple of weeks too. So, uh, I know quarantine sucks. Hopefully we're out of it in, uh, who knows? Hopefully we're out of it soon. Yeah. (laughs) Weeks or months, but, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening and check out uh, our other podcast video vault where we dive into different music videos over the years. And, uh, thanks for listening. (laughs) 